Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We are right now standing by, uh, and moments uh, from now we'll be hearing from Governor Gary Herbert. He uh, and others have been touring uh, Rose Park, and I have a, I have a, a video link to the the scene of this uh, press briefing in just a moment. The, the governor will be taken to a microphone, which is uh, positioned right in front of of a, uh, a giant fallen tree. Looks like an oak tree to me. Uh, a giant, giant, massive fallen tree. Uh, I, I, I believe, and uh, I, I'm embarrassed not to know the specific number, I believe that uh, we here in Utah over the past uh, 24 hours or so have, uh, we've, we've sustained one casualty. One Utah has lost their life as a result of uh, these falling trees and the high winds of, of yesterday. And I'll tell you what, as yesterday was wrapping up and I was, uh, seeing the countless, countless hundreds of images and videos and accounts of fallen trees throughout the state. Uh, I, I am blown away, uh, so to speak, uh, that it was only uh, one Utah to have lost their lives. My uh, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, with, uh, with the family of that individual, uh, but it could have been a lot worse. And as I sit here and I look at the size of this tree uh, on its side, anyone underneath that thing uh, is not getting out. Uh, and so we, we were remarkably lucky. Uh, yesterday here in Utah. As I mentioned, the governor uh, is just moments away from taking to the microphone and uh, to explain uh, a number of things. First off, uh, what the state uh, has assessed to be the, the the scope of the damage thus far and where the state can appropriately you know flex its muscles and makes its uh, make its resources uh, available and to open up some of those resources we have earlier today learned just before uh, just before this program kicked off we learned that uh, Governor Gary Herbert had in fact uh, declared a state of emergency here in Utah, and we've uh, been over what, what that means, uh, unlocking certain monies uh, at the state level, also starting the ball rolling uh, towards getting our hands on some federal monies, which can be helpful in situations like this, as well as it being the, the, the first step in a, in a process to uh, mobilize uh, certain members of the Utah Army National Guard, which is commanded by uh, Governor Herbert and uh, making those troops uh, available to help in the cleanup. So we'll get to that uh, when it becomes available. I've uh, I've just lost uh, the the video link, so maybe there's a delay of some sort. Uh, we'll keep working on that and making sure that as soon as the governor uh, commences his uh, address, uh, that that we'll have a chance to to bring it to you. Uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, I want to. Uh, share something with you that caught my attention. Uh, again, this topic has nothing to do with the wind. It has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, it has nothing to do really w- with anything. 
Um, and it is an announcement which was made uh, just yesterday by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts uh, and Sciences. That's the Oscars. You know, maybe maybe when you were young, uh, you watched that. The numbers, though, uh, looking at the past 20 years or so, seem to indicate that our interest in, like, who gets an Oscar and who wins the Oscars and blah, 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 uh, has been waning significantly. In fact, uh, earlier today, I, I, looked up the, I looked up the viewership numbers. I started with... Uh, I started with 2,000. Uh, in the year 2000, uh, the number of viewers was something like 46 million. 46 million Americans watched the Ox- watched the Oscars. Uh, the the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences hand out uh, its annual awards. About 46,000 uh, of us watched in 2000, and that number had been cut in half uh, by this past year. Okay, this the, the most recent Oscars. Yeah, uh, about half of us had tuned out and decided, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I'm not too interested. To further paint the picture of how far uh, we have uh, we have strayed really from the, the the Oscars, let me share with you this. Uh, I I got curious as well this morning, and I'll, and I'll get to the point of the story. the The, the point is that the the Academy has uh, announced that they will be changing uh, the criteria. Uh, a a film a film. <laughs> the movie show guys they use words like film i i, I say movie all right uh, the movie uh the movies that qualify uh, for consideration in the category of best picture they have enhanced significantly the the criteria the standards as they call them to be deemed eligible and it has to do uh with it has to do with representation on screen and off screen of uh, either minorities uh, or diverse groups uh, like that, specifically uh, Asians, Hispanics, uh, Blacks, Indigenous peoples, Middle Eastern individuals, Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islanders, uh, or other underrepresented ra- uh, races or ethnicities. Uh, the the Academy would like to to use these criteria to to push more individuals from these categories, uh, either on screen uh, or behind the scenes. And we'll walk through the details of that in a moment. Uh, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you up front, uh, th- this bothers me. This bothers me a, a great deal. I think, if I'm honest, that it will forever place an asterisk uh, on the Best Picture winners moving forward. Yeah, This is set to kick off in 2024. Uh, I think the winners of Best Picture will, uh, from that point forward, uh, forever have an asterisk on, uh, on the victory there. Why? Well, because you've got an outside organization uh, telling you uh, how to do your job. And, yeah, they may say that this is, uh, you know, an important thing and we need to, to, to promote diversity and we need to do all this and that. Uh, well, that is all well and good. And I think we all agree uh, that everyone ought to have, uh, you know, fair and equal opportunity. Uh, but when you as an organization are telling uh, movie makers who they have to put in front of the camera, that kind of messes with the storytelling, right? S- some stories call for certain characters, and characters have different backgrounds, they have different looks, they have different everything. And so <laughs> there are going to be some movie makers now who are going to be making uh, movies that are going to leave us viewers scratching our head thinking, well, well, that was an interesting casting choice. And it was all because they needed to check the box uh, and uh, make sure that they were qualified uh, to, to be participating in the contest for Best Picture. All right. Uh, in my mind, it is a display of gross arrogance and 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 deception, if I'm honest, on the part 
of the academy. I'll get to that deception in a moment, but the, de- the deception is in the details because I, I said uh, only one quarter of the criteria that these filmmakers must uh, subject themselves to. And we'll get to the rest in a moment, but I want to share uh, some interesting details while I still have time. And it has to do uh, with the disconnect which has arisen between, uh, say, people like you and me uh, who watch movies and, uh, well, at least before COVID, uh, we'd buy tickets to go to the movies, comparing the top box office earners in terms of movies with the movies selected uh, as best picture by the Academy. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that money uh, communicates a, a good movie, but uh, it's probably the best measure we have, right? If a, if a movie looks good or if it has the reputation of being good, uh, many of us are going to be moved to go see that movie. And for some reason, uh, for the past 20 years or so, there has been a staggering disconnect uh, between the earnings, the dollar, the U.S. dollar earnings between the best picture selection and the box office winner of that same year. So let me walk through uh, a few examples. In 2018, the best picture winner was that movie Green Book. Uh, Green Book uh, grossed $69.6 million. Now, in the box office contest, it was Black Panther. The 2018 box office winner was Black Panther. Now, I just told you Green Book uh, brought in $69 million. Black Panther brought in $688 million. And there is nearly no exception to this. Uh, going back to 2017, Shape of Water brought in $62 million. That same year, the box office winner uh, was Star Wars The Last Jedi. you have any uh, idea how much that movie brought in? $610 million. To find parody, you have to go all the way back to, uh, let me think, uh, 2003. In 2003, the the Best Picture winner and the box office winner uh, was the same movie. It was one of those uh, Lord of the Rings movies, if my uh, memory serves. Yeah, it was Lord of the Rings Return of the King, uh, Best Picture, and also the box office winner that year with $555 million. Uh, I've run out of time here. Just know that this frustrates me to no end. If you've got some thoughts on this, if you've read these uh, new criteria, uh, let me know what you have to say. 57500, that's the Utah Community credit union text line we're going to take a break now and when we return i expect we'll hear from governor gary herbert on the aftermath of the windstorm of yesterday ahead on live mike i'm lee lonsberry and this is ksl news radio two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.